designed with women in mind as we delve into what it means to be a true follower of Christ and how to navigate our daily lives, my prayer is simply that my speech will be theologically sound and that our words will be encouraging and life-giving. We will have different guests in the weeks to come and will be looking from various perspectives while staying ever true to God's Word. The title of the podcast is Beautiful Imperfection, As we go about our busy, chaotic lives, we tend to focus on the doing and not the being of who God created us to be. We sometimes get it backwards. In this podcast, we will discuss from week to week the being, our identity in Christ, produces the doing, and that the doing is an overflow of who we are in Him. We are imperfect in every way, but Jesus is perfect. The beauty in our imperfection is Him. So wherever you are in your season of life, if you're in your car, in your laundry room, or sitting in your favorite chair, grab a cup of coffee and take a deep breath. Relax and listen in as we look and talk about what being in Christ really means and how the Bible explains that it is not our imperfection that makes or breaks us, but that it is his perfection that covers us and that we can find rest in that promise. Then we serve him out of an abundance of love that only comes through him. Lean in with us. Here we go. Hello, ladies. Back with Rontina and Lindsay, and we're so glad you're here. Um, Today we are continuing in our Christmas mode and are talking about Christmas traditions. Let's jump right in. Rontina and Lindsay, tell us about the things you love doing and that have turned into a tradition for your family or that's something that you would want to implement as a tradition. Well, growing up, um, we always went to my Nana and Papa's house with my mother's um, five other sibling families. So we travel um, to go over their house or... My dad's um, family is from Oklahoma, so sometimes we'd go up and visit my grandmother and grandfather on my dad's side. Either way, Christmas was a time we never missed out hanging with um, one one another, and there was so much food and a whole table and sometimes multiple tables of food um, that could feed an army, as we can all imagine, right? We're all going to Lindsay's. (laughs) But um, I think, you know, just playing dominoes and the kids playing outside and my dad taking me to the park, those are the times that I just feel like um, I remember the most and that are meaningful to me. So um, on Christmas Day, my dad would always read from the Bible and talk about the real meaning of Christmas versus all the presents. And that's probably another um, tradition that I feel like is um, so very um, important um, in our family Um, Even as we carry on with Hannah each year, um, Todd will always open up the Bible on Christmas morning and tell um, Hannah the story, and we give God praise before we even open up one present. Hmm. What about you, Rontina? That's pretty awesome. Um, For me, I have a lot of those traditions from my childhood that we did, but then pretty much, um, and maybe like some of our listeners out there, I spent my 20s and 30s alone. So you can still have traditions, even if it's just you. It's the thing that you do. And it's important to have, for me, those traditions because now that I have a family and have settled down and have all the kids and all of that stuff, 
I bring those into you that. Settled down. Well, early. I mean, is in that some ways, yeah, <laughs> that's the cliche expression. There you but, go. Uh, but by no, by no means, I'm uh, run fast, run fast, exactly. Not, uh, not stopping. But um, for me, basketball is a big part of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, I grew up in a very basketball centric family, mm-hmm. and we were always at a. Uh, there was some kind of holiday ball tournament, you know, between the either Thanksgiving, Christmas. So I say holiday because it was encompassing both right. or the week between Christmas and New Year's. So we would be at a basketball tournament, either playing or, um, you know, keep and book. Um, my dad was the coach, but he also broadcast the game. So that's how I got my start in journalism. So um, we would broadcast games and put them on local TV. So basketball is huge for me and holiday tournament. And I love to still take my kids um, it was a couple years ago when we first moved here, I went to West Virginia. And so WVU women's basketball team was playing here in the Orlando area mm-hmm. and, uh, it was at Rollins. So yeah. I took them out to the women's game. So like basketball could be part of that. And so I, cool. yeah, I kept that up through that time. So sports, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being in the gym, turn up the heat, lock the gym, like we're ready for some ball <laughs> that's um, exactly yeah. right. and strawberries. That's my mm. other one. That's a big Christmas that tradition. <laughs> these, I know these are so random, but this was a move to Florida thing. Uh, we have a strawberry patch, a you pick patch here in Aveto. Yeah. And so um, I, I was like, wow, this is cool. Cause where I grew up in West Virginia, strawberries were ripe in May, mm-hmm. not December. Mm-hmm. So, um, so strawberries became a thing where Christmas Eve in the morning, we go pick strawberries at the, oh, you nice. pick them. And then we come to church we go home, get ready and come to church at Cross Life. So uh, you will see me every Christmas Eve out at Pappy's and I will be uh, picking strawberries. So uh, <laughs> that's the thing. And then of course the night sky. I love, yeah. uh, my daughter's name is Aurora. Mm-hmm. It is not for a storybook princess. It is for the <laughs> Aurora Borealis. And uh, we love stargazing. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's a big Christmas thing for us. So those are our traditions that aren't, of course, the ones everybody, that's kind of like the quirky de Graffenried way to do Christmas. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but that's maybe not, you know, we also do all the other cool stuff too, but that mm-hmm. that's uniquely us is basketball, mm-hmm. strawberries, and just trying to get outside and see the pretty stars, yeah. you know? You know, we kind of <clears throat> do, when my kids were growing up, I was always looking at the clouds and trying to tell them, you know, we'd lay on our backs in the grass and look up and say, what do you see in the clouds? And I still do that with my grandkids sometimes mm-hmm. too, but right, riding down the road, you know, going to my parents for Christmas, which we did a lot, you know, you do all kinds of things. Look at the clouds. What do you see in the clouds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the letters on the tags? What's the, you know, what states do you see? All those things. <coughs> Excuse me, but... Um, I also remember my dad working multiple jobs around Christmas time to, to pay for Christmas. And so, but one of the things that I remember and I try to instill in, in our kids too was the generosity of Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would watch my dad work several jobs and then he would stick a hundred dollar bill in his wallet in a special place. And so when he found somebody that he felt like, was really in need, he would take that $100 bill out and give it to them. And I will never forget that because $100 is still a lot of money, but then it was really a lot of money. And he was working really, really hard to pay for things, but he always had that $100 bill ready for whoever needed it. So I think I I learned um, generosity from him. And a funny story about that was that my grandmother was promised that if she named him after a guy down the road, 
and I'll tell you the name in a minute, and nobody wants it. <laughs> so <laughs> that she would give him a pair of overalls when he was old enough. Well, so that's how he grew up. So I think he learned to be generous. But anyway, so my dad got the middle name of Dank. <laughs> D-A-N-K. Mm-hmm. And I don't know okay. if he ever got his overalls. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of know about Dank down the road, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where my mind is like, who is Dank? Uh, well, yeah, that's that's later, too. Okay. That, that won't be on a podcast. But I anyway. love it. Uh, but I wanted my children to see that and catch that. And as we, you know, as we shopped and stuff like that, I wanted to keep that. But we did all the fun things of decorating together and all those things and loved it and just, you know, the hot chocolate and baking as long as it came from a container that I could put in the oven. So that's was, mama's recipe. Somebody, that's right. That's what I say. That's, that's my right. mama's Pillsbury. recipe. I yeah. mean, you know, they got it right. So I why did I made. Why, why, why should we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, work smarter, not harder. So Amen. I'm like, I, I, yeah. if, those, if those cookies taste good, I just do those. That's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah, it's got to <laughs> be. So, um. But all those kinds of things, and I, and I mentioned earlier in the, the, the Santa Claus thing with the kids and how we did that. But um, so baking, as long as it originated in someone else's kitchen, was big. Mm-hmm. But we did the, the meal things, and we did play. Ba- we all played basketball. My grandmother had, um, my mom was one of 12. She was the oldest, so I had bunches of cousins and all those things, and we would have full teams, I mean, out in the yard, you know, playing basketball and doing that. And um, so I grew up doing all those things, and we are a very sports-oriented family as well. So I was always doing some kind of sport, either following the kids, like you're saying, because between the holidays there's always, Mm -hmm. especially when they're in high school and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I think the thing that um, I think about with our families and and I mean, I remember, you know, by the time you're, you're so worn out by the time you visited everybody, you've cooked everything, you're trying to get presents ready because you got to have them, the stockings ready for the next morning. You have all those things that it's a good time to start to focus again on Jesus on that Christmas Eve night when, you know, you're trying, cause you're, cause you start focusing on a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your mind just goes everywhere I mean, cause you're worn out you have all those things and and then you have your marriage tribulation test to see if you're going to make it or yes. not in assembling things. Can you put that back together or not? Mm-hmm. I don't need instructions. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. That's why you take everything apart two or three times because mm-hmm. something you put on backwards. And I will never forget that. It reminds me of a story. We were putting a um, um, slide and swing set together for the kids in the backyard. And my dad and Dwayne were out there. And neither one of them were paying much attention. They were putting things on. And so I, and hey, we're finished. So we all go out there and we look and I'm like, huh, are the rungs on that ladder supposed to be flat on the top or on the bottom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you know we never changed it because you would have had to take the whole, whole thing, thing apart, apart. yeah yep, yep, so yep. yeah I know all about that yes so, so after that test and tribulation of, of Christmas Eve yeah, night yes. yeah yeah and all these things are important to our families right mm-hmm. and I think and, and as they should be and we should carry out those traditions and I sometimes I think my adult children don't even remember what our traditions were but they come up with their own too and that's mm-hmm. okay and um, so we, one thing that we always did was allow them to pick out an ornament. I would take them, they would pick out what kind of ornament they wanted. Once they were old enough, I picked out an ornament since they were babies. So we have like 
tons of Christmas ornaments. Mm. But then they would get to pick out their own. And then after they put them on the tree and they went to bed, I'd I'd rearrange them. (laughs) But as we... As we decorated the tree. There's so much truth in all of that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, goodness. They were all hanging from three feet and lower, you know, so you had to do something about that. You had to style it. Yes. But as we put those on the tree, they would, we would talk about why they chose that ornament that year kind of thing. And so it instilled that thing of just, you know, being excited about it. Mm -hmm. But, um. I embrace the momminess of Christmas and the womanness of Christmas. Like yes. I said, even though most of my Christmases have been spent by myself as an adult, mm-hmm. um, and just the past few, I've had people around me. Um, you know, it kind of makes me feel and relate to Mary because mm-hmm. you know she's the woman of Christmas, right? Like mm-hmm. she's the person who who this was uh, the story started with, per se. You know, the angel came and spoke to Mary, and the angel spoke to uh, Joseph and and to Mary's family and. You know, being that vessel of Christmas is what Mary is. And I think that's why women and moms maybe have that kindred spirit a little mm-hmm. bit at Christmas time with uh, with the mother of Jesus. And, you know, don't right. have a whole lot in common with her. But, uh, but I have that, is that I want to make this a very special time where my children can draw back on one day those traditions and, um, and what Christmas means. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the Santa Claus of uh, Christmas and I don't, you know, for some people who are listening, that might be a truly awesome part of your tradition. And, um, and I don't want to take that away, but, uh, but for me, I love the, just the humanness to relate to children at this time in that story, you know, Lindsay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and even when you say about mom, being a mama during Christmas, um, I think it's really important because um, as we all are reflecting on church right now, and, oh, excuse me, a Christmas right now, I think that it's um, something that we've all instilled into our minds. And so Hannah um, reads a children's Advent story with um, ornaments for each day leading up to Christmas. And, you know, um, we've actually recently adopted a... Um, someone in our live um, called, her, her name's Inude, and she's from Venezuela. Oh, wow. And um, so it's just, we do a lot of different things around um, Christmas time, and it's you know, around puzzles and mm-hmm. all the fun around that. Um, so those memories as, like, parents and being moms, that's really important that we kind of create those, those family traditions um, as we move forward um, throughout life, because that's what they're going to remember, and they're mm-hmm. going to take those those memories with them. And so, and the momming of Christmas, you know, whether you are, you know, and, and with her being with you guys, she's, you know, that woman in, in your all's lives that way. And she's going to take that on. And Hannah, of course, is going to grow up and take Mm -hmm. that and be that woman figure. And that all comes back to Mary. Yeah. And what a shock Mary must have had. And the Bible says she was highly favored by God. And what kind of character did she have? And why do you think God chose her? So she was just a teenager planning mm-hmm. her wedding. Can you imagine if if mm-hmm. someone came to you and says, <laughs> and I, I want to be highly favored of God, but maybe not in this way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, uh, but all of her hopes and dreams were wrapped up in marrying Joseph. And that's all she could think about and concentrate on and get ready for until what? The angel appeared to her, and that in itself could have been a really scary thing. Mm -hmm. 
and gave her a message that rocked her world, literally. And the thing that I love about Mary and what I think God wants us to be as the attitude that Mary had, because Mary's response was the kind of response that he asks us to have. She voiced no demands. Mm -hmm. She didn't complain that he disrupted her plans. And in Luke one thirty eight, it says, I am the Lord's servant, she replied. May it be to me as you have said. She was available, she was willing, and she had a surrendered heart. Wow. What a woman of God should be. <clears throat> and that's the kind of things that we struggle with mm-hmm. as of being totally available being totally willing to whatever it is, God. And I want that blank sheet of paper that God gives me, and I want to sign the bottom, and then I want to say, you fill it in with your will. And I've already said yes. I've already signed my name to it. I'm ready to go. And this was the kind of attitude that Mary had. Um, She had a completely surrendered heart, or she would have argued with him. She would have voiced demands. Mm -hmm. She would have complained that he had disrupted her plans. Mm. And she might have even said, I don't really care what your will is. I'm marrying Joseph. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the things of the world, the culture today, and how opposing this argument would be. Um, but no wonder he chose her. No wonder. And um, what what might have our um, response have been We talked a little bit about that, but the circumstances of Jesus' birth says a lot about his character, too. Mm -hmm. Um, It says that no person is too lowly or dirty with sin, that Jesus can't or won't save them. His character says that no matter what has happened in their past or how cold or unloved they feel, Jesus will come into their heart. Mm -hmm. It says that he forgives and he cleanses. His, his character also says that no matter what our circumstances are or what our situation is, no matter how impossible it seems, Jesus will show up for you. His character says that he will come if you make room for him. So as we come to the end of 2022, don't limit God with what we think or expect. All things are possible with God if we make room for him, if we make room for Jesus. And if you do and you invite him in, he will come in. So among all the presents, P-R-E-S, I can't even spell it, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, only one matters, and that's the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, of God, of God living in you. And I just have to ask you, Pam, how do we do and reflect just a little bit of Mary as far as just like one little step, like what could we do to just show that availability this Christmas season, you know, mm-hmm. and applying to Christmas? I think it really all comes in the surrender and the submitting to God, because I mean, I have people ask me all the time, well, how do you do that? How do you get your rights to be known? How do you, how do you make people know you? What do you want? And my answer to that is you don't. You surrender it to God, and then you allow God to show you what it is you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to be. So if our identity, back to our identity in Christ, comes from him, 
then we are available to what he says. We listen to what he he says. We do what he says because we have a heart of gratitude, thankfulness, and surrender. And do you all think that that is what, you know, as a kid, we talk about that magic of Christmas, but it's not magic. It is the majesty of Christmas. Yes. And do you all think that that's what that is when people get that lump in their throat or everything's just a little nicer, just a little kinder, Mm -hmm. just a little, um, you know, more of who we see who Jesus is. Is that what it is this season that just makes it, I mean, goosebumps, you know, talking about it. He's the royalty, the majesty. He is Christmas, and without him, there would be no Christmas. And I do believe that you can call it magic if you want, but it's there is no magic. It's um, supernatural. It's majestic. It is the Holy Spirit working through us and around us. The energy of so many of us focusing on him at one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three of us are gathered in his name like we are right now, exactly. I am with them. That's and, you right. know, you guys are listening at home and we are talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit is here. And uh, and I think that is what that feeling of Christmas is, is the Holy Spirit and Jesus just surrounding all of us and people want a part of it. It's just we need to just keep those traditions up to help them yeah. identify what it is. And as that busyness continues in the Christian, uh, in the Christmas season, take time to enjoy the greatest gift that was given and not forget about that as we go. And our new year, right? Yay, we'll we'll talk to everybody in that new year. That's right. Mm-hmm. So let's all together. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Talk to you next year. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have gleaned something of value that will help you in your day-to-day lives and draw you closer to living fully in who God designed you to be. Until next time, you are beautiful in His sight. If you've been thinking and listening to us and wondering, how can this become a reality in my life? How How can my identity be in Christ? And you've never received Him. I'd like to give you the opportunity to do that right now. By praying a sinner's prayer. It's a very simple prayer, and it goes like this. Lord, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sins. I open up my heart. I ask you to come in. Please forgive me for everything that I've done, and help me to walk with you as I follow you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you and help you as you start your life in Christ. Please visit thebestnews.org.